Hi, welcome back to the Eco Talk podcast. My name is Helen. I'm Angela. I'm Gianna. I, I'm Mabel. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> the voice. I got thrown off by Helen. Helen is in traffic. I hate it when Helen's in traffic, man. <sighs> But wanted to do podcasts. So this point mm-hmm. zero. Okay, welcome back to Eco Talk Podcast, guys. My name is Gianna, and today we'll be talking about adapt or die Arctic animals. So, specifically, today we're going to be focusing on polar bears and seals, which are the two pinnacles of climate change because of the melting ice. So, as the world is、uh, warming up and heating up like a microwave、so、funny. due to global warming, the ice sheets are melting, and so these animals are becoming are、uh, dying out. More and more and decreasing their population size. So, we're going to be talking about if they should adapt or die. Here's a word from our sponsor. Yeah, this podcast may or may not have been inspired partially by our Asian parents or Angela's parents, too, I guess, asking for A's so we can get into like a good college, maybe pursue nursing, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, you know. PLZZM's Preventure, we love you. <laughs> Sorry, that did not come out how I want. Anyways, we have a total of six sections to talk about today, and hopefully, this episode will、um, help us have a better understanding of human intervention and polar bears and seals. <laughs> Hartem's Preventure. Yes, Hartem's Preventure. Okay, so、uh, let's talk about it. So, first off, today we'll be talking about the harbor seal and the polar bear and the ice melting. So, first off, polar bears, do we want to take turns naming some attributes and traits? So, did Helen want to go first or anything? Or? Great swimmers. Yes, great. Gr- thanks, Helen. So, <laughs> indeed, <laughs> polar bears are excellent swimmers. This, is, this could also be seen as an adapt- adaptation because of the Arctic and how they, their main、uh, source of food is actually seals. <laughs> Yeah, another fun fact that I recently learned was that polar bears are, indeed do not have white fur. In fact, they actually have transparent fur. And, under, and this is so that,、uh, because, and this is kind of the way it appears white is because it's a reflection of the,、uh, uh, um, the Arctic snow and basically the ambiance because it's all white. And yeah, you know. But this. Also helps because it, the white fur helps absorb heat so that way they can stay warm in the Arctic. But yeah, and they also have a four inch layer of fat. Cool. They're also the largest land predator, which I myself did not know, but they, they are pretty large and on land. Yeah. Well,、mm-hmm. largest land carnivore. I meant carnivore. I mean, Helen meant carnivore, not carbivore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't speak for Helen. And then 80% of them live in Canada and they're known for their good hunting skills. Wait, they're Canadian? Yes. Polar bear、oh. Canadian. Oh my gosh, it's confirmed. My conspiracy theory. Canadian polar bear. Harp seals. So、uh, they race against. So the harp seals are、uh, probably, you may know them as being the cutest thing on earth. Like, if you've ever seen a harp seal, they look like big. Um, fluffy white balls with sparkling eyes that are the cutest things ever. But sadly, more and more of them are drowning and go- 
in dying out. They're basically uh, meeting their demise due to melting glaciers. And so uh, we're going to talk about that because they essentially have to race against time before the ice melts. And they have to speed up their breeding schedule because the ice breaks earlier every year and it recedes. And the, unfortunately, the um, the Harper seal pups, they ne- rely on the ice so that way they before they learn how to swim. And so if they're not able to learn how to swim before the ice breaks each season, they end up drowning, which is very heartbreaking because they're so cute. But also, no. okay, they look like a plushie. I know! They look like a living plushie. They're so cute. Like I can get one at Daiso or something. <laughs> I know! I know! Yeah, so if you want to save harp seals, listen to this podcast. Very important. Now, lastly, um, for this section, we're going to be talking essentially about just glaciers, um, icebergs, and so forth. So... We had a podcast dedicated to melting glaciers. You should check that out. It's uh, an episode on our podcast called Melting Glaciers. So essentially, there's two types of glaciers. Alpine, these come from mountainsides and move down through valleys. And they also create uh, um, valleys by pushing soil. And they're found on every continent. Next is ice sheets. And these form broad domes and spread cover plains, valleys with blankets of ice. The largest ice sheets are called continents continental glaciers so soon after the snow falls it becomes dense and this helps make layers however due to global warming these layers are uh, beginning to dissipate and melt more and more and so um we're losing that protective cover over the earth and our oceans and they they also help uh reflect excess heat back into space and keep our planet uh, keep our planet climate regulated and so when we're losing ice it's also boosting climate change more and more and global warming so the world is getting warmer and the ice is melting essentially now moving on to section two how does climate change affect marine animals in the arctic also so how is it endangering them our changing climate is breaking more and more ice this is bad for the polar bears walruses seals they lose their habitats. The ice melts early and this changes their cycle. More and more are going extinct. Thank you, Helen. And I love how, since I did it through my computer, that the voice changed. Yeah, so essentially the their uh, ecosystems are collapsing. And so they're losing their habitat. And this is greatly uh, dangerous because even animals in the ocean like narwhals and whales and bowheads face these drastic changes. As the sea ice melts, um, this is where humans also come into play. Uh, A lot of oil companies see it as an opportunity to move further north to these untapped resources and uh, start doing this process called seismic blasting where they shoot explosions into the ocean to find oil. So this is greatly polluting the the Arctic oceans as well. And so this ruins the entire ecosystem. Oil companies are really polluting the ocean, and harper seals also rely on this ice, on ice sheets and ice to breathe. Pups also need the ice to, as a safe haven while they learn how to swim. Because um, initially, when they're uh, when they you breed, when they breed pups, uh, they don't know they don't have these innate swimming abilities, and so they need at least ten days before 
they have 10 days with their mothers before they um, their mothers move further north and the pups are left uh, to fend themselves. And so during this time, they need to learn how to swim. However, each year, this process um, of the ice breaking is uh, becoming... Uh, shorter and shorter so the ice is breaking faster each year and receding more and more so a lot of the pups are drowning overnight because when that layer of ice melts the adult the adult seals are able to swim however the pups can't and so they end up just drowning which is very sad and so the population at the moment is greatly downsizing and it may even eventually disappear. Another thing to keep in mind that's also contributed by humans is the poultry of seals. Uh, not too long ago, we used a lot of uh, harper seals, harp seals for seal products and different manufacturing. So we need to stop seal and polar bear bear hunting as a whole as well for fur and products. Now with global warming and what's how it's impacting polar bears is they're essentially starving because of the scarcity of food. As the temperature rises and the sea ice melts, polar bears lose access to a staple of their diet, which this connects to, is seals because the seals are dying. They're losing their main source of food, and it's more of a challenge, especially as they lose their land to find uh, more sources of food. It's also difficult for them to find mating partners because with less land and because the ice is melting, they have less, less room to travel and find food and mate and also reproduce. When there's less sea ice, animals that depend on it uh, for survival must adapt or die. And so that's what we'll be talking about today. The loss of ice and melting permafrost spells trouble for polar bears, walruses, arctic fosses, foxes, snowy owls, reindeer, and many other species. Shall shave to race against time to make it because the ice melts early and kickstarts the seal cycle. Pups have to catch up, they have to race against time before the ice breaks up. Changing climate makes eerie ice break. In 2017, the ice broke so early that all of the seal pups drowned overnight. Yeah, so far we've been, we've seen changes in reproduction, body condition. Like also, if they all die right now, that, that'd be sad. And future generations would also miss the opportunity to see them and stuff. Yeah, and it, um, they're... If they were uh, to go extinct, extinct, that would also greatly hurt the other species in the Arctic as well. The twenty-one thousand other species species would not would probably not be able to survive without the polar bears. It would cause great discrepancy in the food chain, which is what we also learned from Miss Proventure. Thank you. Another reason why you should give us that A plus hint hint. It would uh, greatly fluctuate. With that being said, let's move on to section three. Should humans intervene to save these species? Well, first of all, I think we should discuss what genetic engineering and selective breeding is. Genetic engineering is a more faster process and it is more artificial and it uses technology, while selective breeding is a slower process and more natural. And so with genetic breeding, um, I mean engineering, it is human intervention directly. And 
humans themselves intervene with the genes to change um, a trait and replace it with a more desirable trait. While with selective breeding, humans just act as a guiding hand. For example, um, they would find, for example, two cows who have a desirable trait, um, a cow that produces a lot of milk and another one that also produces a lot of milk. And they breed them together to have the offspring that will also produce a lot of milk and inherit those genes. And by doing this, they'll be able to create a new generation and a whole grand population of these efficient, efficient milk producing cows. And so both of these methods are just used to to create new generations of, um, of an organism that have these desirable traits. And so back to the question if humans should intervene to save these species or, or just let it happen naturally, I think that we should intervene if it's really necessary and if they're at a risk. But it is also best to just let nature be nature because nature doesn't need us, but we need nature. Well said, Angela. Yeah, so essentially they discovered CRISPR, which is a way um, to help aid essentially offspring and also select desired genes that may be needed for survival. So that could be an option to save them. But another option that we'll get to more later is doing our part to help save climate change. Now, now we're going to be talking more about evidence of their change over time and their evolution. I think of polar bear, we think white, fluffy, snowy, but did you know that the polar bear was initially the brown bear? An animal that closely is an ancestor to the polar bear is actually the brown bear, which was based in Europe. However, when it traveled to the um, icy tundra, it was had to adopt through dun-dun-dun-dun-dun! Natural selection. Natural selection is where like the the big the the organisms better adapted to their environment. They like survive better and stuff because they're the strong. They're the they're the buff buff strong strong of their species, so they survive better. Hashtag survival of the fittest. Yeah. So natural selection is essentially the survival of the fittest. And so with the uh, color fur change example with the brown bear to the polar bear. So essentially the brown bear, when we did the the PHET lab where we looked at bunny bunnies and how um, the Brown bunnies were more suited for the forest versus the uh, Arctic, where the white bears were more were were uh, more likely to survive. This uh, directly kind of correlates with um, the polar bear. So initially, it was brown because it had traveled from Europe, where uh, the environment had mainly been made out of forest, and so it was. Uh, much easier to camouflage in the brown forest. However, um, they were had to adopt to the bleak white environment or else they stuck out. And this made it very difficult to be able to hunt for their prey because um, they're, they were too uh, visible. And so over time, they created this, they adapt, adopted this mutation to make their fur, fur transparent or white looking. Uh, yeah, the... 
FET simulation we did. It was also like, um, or we just did a simulation of bunnies and you can change a bunch of factors like genetic mutations, uh, which also like kind of like the first thing and how the genetics changed over time. Yeah, and so when the polar bears, and so this mutation ended up uh, co- ended up uh, co- going through generations, and that's why the the white polar bear is dominated now in the Arctic because it's survive. The mentality is survival of the fittest, and so eventually the the brown bear uh, gene, the brown gene, just kind of uh, died out. Other adaptations and genetic mutations they adopted over time. Big furry feet like snowshoes to help them walk in the snow. Most bears do eat some plant matter. However, where polar bears live, there's almost no plant matter available. So they had to adapt to a total carnivore lifestyle. So yeah, normal bears will usually eat some sort of plant matter. But however, polar bears had to adapt to be fully carnivores because they live in the arctic so this is another adaptation that kind of correlates to our bunny lab where we notice how uh when the food got more tough to eat the bunnies the bunnies population size decreased and so they had to learn how to adapt and so these they learned to adapt by uh getting by having a genetic mutation with their teeth and so that way they could chew through these uh, new f- chew, chew through these harder foods. And so similarly, they switched to a carnivore lifestyle. So there's many ways how uh, we see a lot of adaptations throughout history and how they slowly uh, evolve. And this and yeah, inevitably genetic mutations is how we see evolution. One time I read a book where uh, it talked about how the t- Tyrannosaurus, also known as the T-Rex, once had full arms. They didn't have those T-Rex arms. However, because they became more uh, mobile on their feet, those arms became to recede more and more. And this was done through genetic mutation, I believe, as well, which I found kind of interesting. So they just invested it all into cardio. Okay. I know. I know. <laughs> As for seals, an animal slash ancestor that they closely resemble is an otter. However, something funny I found was the closest relative to seal is actually a bear. And so the three seal families are fo- Focidae. Maybe which just are- have Helen say it. Oh, yeah. Three seal families. Thesidae, Odoridae, Odobinidae. Yes, as Helen said, so the Facidae, the first one... Uh, refers to arctic seals and they generally have no ears like the uh, harp seals the next one odoridae refers to land seals like sea lions and then odobenidae refers to walruses those are other ancestors and close relatives to the harp seal and the different in the uh seal families uh, some adaptations that seals uh adopted was having bendy spines and so these um kind of help them become more agile and also eat slower and be more maneuverable with fish but i wish i had that so mr c can't like (laughs) like say anything about me and ballet the bendy spine 
Yeah, but anyways, with this being said, um, the now their uprising issue is that is essentially global warming. In 50 years, two thirds of the polar bear polar bears will be gone due to global warming as well as hunting. However, these are crucial for ecosystems, as we mentioned. And so the question um, the question rises: Should they adapt or will they die? And so after listing these different a- adaptations and genetic mutations, now we have to figure out how um, how we can help preserve these species. The ultimate goal for natural selection is to have more offspring. So as we mentioned uh, with the, with uh, some documents of evolution within these species, uh, th- these are also all forms of natural selection, which is based off of the idea uh, of uh, species reliability on reproduction. So if an organism obtains a trait which benefits its survival, it will live longer than the other organisms. And so after mentioning those different adaptations, um, we can better understand natural selection. So in our science class, we did a simulation, as we mentioned, with bunnies, where we can where we can see the cha- change in genetic mutations that could either dominate or recess or rec- that could either be dominant or recessive. So, for example, the color of their fur, teeth, um, and how and how it affects their their survival aspects of the species. And the goal was to have the bunnies survive for as many cycles as possible. Alternate solutions would be the bunnies overpopulating or dying out. And so the ultimate goal is also to have uh, their population be steady. Yes, so we've identified the problem of all of these environmental changes and polar bears becoming extinct in the future. And so um, after some research, there is some solutions using genetic engineering that can help the polar bears. As we mentioned, main problems that are happening right now is for polar bears, first of all, they're, they're losing their main source of food. And so right now, polar bears are, a lot of polar bears are starving and they're also losing their land. And so they cannot survive by simply, although they're equipped swimmers, they ca- cannot survive without their land. And it also makes it a challenge for them to mate and re- reproduce and have offsprings if they're losing, uh, their if the ice is melting. Similarly, the harp seals, specifically the pups are drowning because they're the ice is melting before they can swim each year this process is uh becoming faster and faster and it's kick-starting it's kick-starting their cycle yeah in a way um once so now that we're proposing some solutions like angela said a solution we could give is maybe having giving them more of an innate sense similar to how they genetically modified mosquitoes through CRISPR to not seek uh, human blood, we could uh, create something similar where they could maybe um, have more of an innate sense of swimming skills. And so that could be an alternative that we could look to to uh, help preserve their life, their lifespans and not be negatively and adapt to the melting ice. 
Yeah, so genetic engineering really would be the best solution for this because selective breeding would just take too long and it's more difficult while genetic engineering would be quicker. But there's also the risk of something going wrong. So yeah, like Angela said, there's always pros and cons. The thing with uh, genetically modifying them through CRISPR is it could always go wrong, and we also want to make sh we also want to be able to still preserve nature. And I mean, like we kind of like started it the whole, whole climate change thing. Might as well try to help them with genetic interfering with their genetics and stuff. Yeah, so either way, there's pros and cons to both sides. We believe that polar bears and their habitats can be protect protected in a natural way as well. If we work together, we can slow climate change and global warming. We can't undo it, but we can slow it down. And like I said, by genetic engineering, things can go wrong and it, make, it might make things worse. Uh, there have been a lot of stories of genetic engineering going wrong, and I think we'd be able to avoid that unless it's really necessary. And so someone might say as a counter-argument that we cannot slow down climate change in enough time to save polar bears because the polar bear population is rapidly increasing and that climate change won't slow down quick enough. Well, I think that um, it is that it is estimated that all ice will melt in 5,000 years and it is still not too late because if we can also cut human carbon emissions by 45% by 20, 2030, there is still hope because um, by, by, uh, by slowing down climate change, we can also slow down so many other things. So I think we've still got hope if everyone does their part. Yep, it's it's never too late to to start anything. Even like a new workout schedule, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Get back into shape after quarantine. <laughs> after days of just eating simply ramen, just ramen and not leaving your house. Just sitting in a chair on Zoom. Is that your life story? Yeah. Same. Sad. <laughs> so the unit question is, uh, should humans intervene with, um, with organisms and help them adapt or just let organisms adapt themselves? And also, we, we pretty much answered that. And also, can polar bears and seals learn to adapt to these climate changes? And so I, we think that it's best to um, connect with oil and fracking companies and help fight against climate change. And it is also great for us to intervene and to preserve their habitat and ecosystems instead of genetically modifying them because it just might not be the most appropriate solution to the situation. And so we can increase the offspring from these animals by using genetic engineering using CRISPR and also stop hunting polar bears to increase the population. Stop poaching. There are laws against this, but people still do this. But we can we can um, fight against this if we just stop hunting the poor polar bears. Or at least like reduce the amount they get hunted by, because that's probably yeah, important for some people's that, livelihoods. 
and it also brings up um yeah especially well another thing to talk about is also um indigenous rights as well and they're also losing their homes as well due to melting glaciers and global warming and so with that being said i think the main focal point should really be trying to be accountable for yourself to uh, help save the environment and so listen to any of our podcasts you can also check out protectthearctic.org and yeah we really i think the best solution besides um genetic engineering to take part in the fight to cli- for climate change and global warming that's on period love helen we love you m's provincer save the polar bears and harp seals give us a day number sign uh, yeah anyways hashtag hashtag save the polar bears and the harp seals thank you so much for your time and listening to this podcast this podcast was dedicated to Miss Preventure. A little help in these times. I don't know where it is. Yeah. As the Wonder Pet said, what's going to work? Teamwork. So we got to keep that in mind if we want to we want to help the polar bears either using using whatever method that, that that's cool. And also Miss Preventure, um, Please give Gianna, Angela, and Helen those points. They they deserve it. And and Mabel. <laughs> I don't know if I do, but thanks. Yeah, but thank you. Bye, Miss Preventure. Hard M's Proventure. Love you. Oh, and if you're not and if you're not Miss Preventure and you're listening, uh, you're cool too. <laughs>